All right. Now is better than the present. What? Now what? is better than the present? <laughs> he needs to introduce our episodes from now on. He does. I'm one of the dudes. I'm so lame. <laughs> He's gone. Uh, the whole club was formed in 1878, so it's been... You good? Yeah. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to the Dudes with the Moods. We are the How dudes. are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. How's your mood? Pretty good. I had a good day. It was chill. I didn't do much. Well, I went out for like food, made a food Instagram account because I just love, love it. food so much. And plug that. What? what? Huh? Oh, the plug hat. that. Casey Casey eats. Woo! They're not gonna know how to spell Casey. That's fine. Okay. Look it up on this thing. Um, what did you do today? Well, my mood is a little weird today. I have been thinking about cults and secret societies. It's fun. It's fun to think about. I've also been thinking about cults and secret societies. Weird. Weird. Okay. Let's talk well. about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> so goofy. Okay. Taylor, it is all you whenever you want to let it all, right. all out. Let us hear what you learned. So one of the things that I've been thinking about is the FLDS, F- Fundamentalist Church of the Latter-day Saints. It's Ooh, a little bit different. a mouthful. Yes. It's a lot darker. There's like the regular Latter-day Saints, and that's like Mormons, like ethical Mormons. Ethical stuff. (laughs) Okay, cool. But when you add the F, the fundamentalists, they're a little crazy. They're a whole different subdivision of the Mormons. Okay. Is this something the Mormons like say, we are not a part of this? I'm pretty, yes. Yes. They're like, oh, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they have this, this, uh, this little, uh, uh, what's it called? Okay, so they have their own little city in Colorado City, Arizona. Oh, Colorado City, Arizona. I know. I America's weird. We got Kansas City, Arkansas. And I think there's some other state city in Kansas whatever this is failed the geography b <laughs> i failed geography too so we all oh. did who knows about geography fuck that like i'm just yeah. gonna yeah no we're good all right so they are centralized in colorado city arizona we have mr rulon jeffs he i'm pretty sure he put it all together and he was like i'm gonna marry everyone okay and so he had a so problem he had a problem and he was and set out to solve this problem I'm sorry go on I'll stop <laughs> he okay so they have this little city we got the leader he's a prophet 
self-proclaimed okay. prophet. Um, so everybody has to listen to him because he is like, he's like, well, Jesus said, like, <laughs> he, he said you have to marry me. You're only 14. That doesn't matter. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so God. they weren't allowed to be around the outside world and they all dressed like pilgrims with their little like caps and their like buns and giant skirts and stuff. Oh, pretty and, much had to dress the same, that kind of thing. Be yeah. You know, one of everyone. Everyone was the same. That kind of thing. And then Rulon died. So Warren Jeffs oh. took over. Um, that was his son, and he did the same thing. He had, like, 80 wives, and a lot of them were children, like, 12, 13, 14. Ugh, it's that's so bad. Disgusting. And I don't know how accurate this is, but I feel, I think for the longest time, um, nope, the government couldn't arrest him or do anything about it because... They were like, it's our religion, and we have uh, separation of church and the state. Uh, <laughs> no. Yes. But finally, I don't know how they got around that. Finally, he got arrested. I think it was only two counts of um, sexually assaulting a minor. Two of 80? Like, Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> he got two counts. He's still in prison, and... There's a lot of misinformation. So Warren Jeffs is in prison still. And there are reports that he still controls. Like he still gives messages to those people and like tells them what to do. I don't know. It's just weird. But there's also, there is a lot of misinformation. Like people have researched it and they've gone in there like, little things people have said like they're not allowed to wear red but they're being filmed like wearing red and stuff so it's hard to tell with this like what's true and what's not but right. we do know that he married a bunch of children and now he is in prison yeah that's uh, <laughs> never a good thing he should definitely be in prison probably for longer than he is hopefully i don't know did he get a license do you know I'm not sure what his sentence is. Hopefully, it's like Hopefully sentence. a long time. I don't know what <laughs> the sentence is for that, but... Hopefully a lot. Um, hopefully, even if it's not life, hopefully he's getting some punishment in there, too. Right. I mean, <laughs> most of the time, pedophiles and stuff, like, they get... They get messed up in pre prison. Like, I love bad. it. Mm -hmm. The worst of the worst it. people in prison, they they're like, we they hate all pedophiles. Like, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't really relevant, but I remember vaguely hearing a few years ago that a few of them down in Colorado City got busted for, like, food stamp fraud. But, <laughs> so there's that, saying? too. <laughs> so they're all criminals in some way. Yes. <laughs> That's one of the small ones I've been thinking about. What about you? The smaller one that uh, I'm going to be talking about today is Bohemian Grove. Okay. Um, I don't know. Have you ever heard of it? It sounds vaguely familiar. I think I've heard the name. I don't know anything about it. 
I feel a lot of people have heard the name. I personally did not before I listened to this one podcast um, about it, but it's basically, okay, first going to go into what it is. That's like what my whole big first thing is. So it's a 2,700 acre campground. Um, and it's weird that it, it's super secretive. Like it's like no one, people know where it is, but you can't really get into it, but they have like an exact address. Um, yeah, it's a 2,700 acre campground at 2060, well, 20601 Bohemian Avenue in Monterio, California. Sorry if I said that wrong. I'm not from California. Um, <laughs> you have offended California. <laughs> right. They're all like, we're done. No dudes. No. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a private San Francisco-based gentleman's club. Um, basically... It's like a two-week encampment of the most prominent men in the world. So it has attendees from all over the world. Um, it's invite only. There are people on like a giant waiting list to get in. Um, and I'm talking like, like people die on this waiting list. Like it's crazy long. It's like a $25,000 uh, init yeah, initiation fee for when you do get in. It's like insane. And like, you know, some of the um, attendees include like artists, musicians, prominent business leaders, government officials, former US presidents, just people of power, basically. Um, and it's all male, so women are not allowed. It is a boys only club. <laughs> male girls you know allowed. How that goes. Exactly. <laughs> they have signs up and everything, like, uh uh. <laughs> uh, -uh. <laughs> Um, their motto is weaving spiders come not here, um, which sounds really freaking creepy, right? Yeah, yes, that's extremely so many implications on to what that could mean. Like, <sighs> they say it just means that they're not allowed to conduct business there. Um, it's more of just like a, I don't know, where boys go to have fun, but I don't believe it exactly so that's the whole thing it's like you have all of the most important people in the world in one place for two weeks and you expect deals and shit like not to go down there like stuff's gonna be people are gonna talk and like things are gonna happen behind closed doors and yeah we'll get into more of that later but that is uh that is a lot of the controversy around it is because everything's so secretive um do we know or have any like guesses as to what they are doing in there? Yeah, so there's a lot of guesses. There's a lot of guesses. Um, oh, there's what they say happens there, which is, you know, it's kind of lame. Um, and the guesses, like the ones that I could find, are a lot, they're from like people that are kind of controversial themselves. Alex Jones <laughs> um yeah so I'm not you know like I don't want to say everything these people say is true um right but it's definitely interesting and you know could be you never know eh, we'll see but uh one of the okay you know how I said business wasn't conducted there yeah well do you know the Manhattan Project the Manhattan oh. Project is what led to the atom bomb being developed oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. 
but yeah, so the atom bomb, basically that whole thing at the Bohemian Club. But it was formed in 1878, so it's been around for a very long time, and it's only gotten weirder over the years. Um, the club's patron saint is John of Nepomuk. Yeah, there's a statue of him made out of wood uh, with his finger over his lips. Tell me that's oh, not God. fucking weird. Like, I think that's shit. Yeah, I think that's supposed to be, like, the whole, like, business thing, like, whatever, but that seems just, like, you know, like, they're trying to say, don't say what happened, you know, like, what happens in the Grove stays in the Grove. Right. It's creepy. Um, Their mascot is an owl, and they have a, I'll get more into this later, but they have, like, this giant wooden statue, or, like, statue made of something, but it's of a giant owl. And it, they do, like, ceremonies and shit in front of it and, like, sacrifice things to it. Weird. Sacrifice? What? That's People? one of the controversies. Yeah. Hold your horses. Um, so, only four women in history have been allowed as members. Um, the last one that was a member was in 1928. So, Ooh. it's been a very long time. Um, What's so special about these women? Honestly, I don't know. I, it's weird to me too. Like I, they didn't say much about like who these women were or whatever. So I get, they had to be something special to get like access into the club. But Mm -hmm. there was a, uh, a trial that was held, uh, against the club for not allowing women to be a part of it, not allowing women to work there, things like that, whole discrimination thing. And the judge tried to dismiss it uh, because men urinate in the open. And that was the whole, like, they were like, (laughs) yeah, he was like, what does that have to do with it? Exactly. He was just like saying it's, it's not a place for women because men urinate everywhere. They whip out there. They're just pissing everywhere all the time. (laughs) You don't even want to be there. Basically. Oh, God. (laughs) And the club literally tried to get the decision reversed several times. Whoever um, made the case against them, they won. And so women were allowed to actually work there and stuff. Not be members, work there, though. Work there. Okay. I don't know how they justified only men being members, but yeah, so whatever anyways um okay so in 2000 uh entry was made with a hidden camera by texas-based filmmaker alex jones um he got inside and this is actually true like he did get inside there's like pictures and film and stuff i personally haven't seen it because but there's been a lot of like more reputable sources that have um seen it and confirmed that he did in fact get inside um and this is where he filmed the ceremony the opening one where a coffin is burned beneath a 40-foot statue of the owl um in deference to the surrounding redwood trees so it's like a sacrifice of nature and stuff it's really weird. Alex Jones trying to say that they sacrificed an actual child to this owl. Um, and I think 
I honestly don't believe him just because of how controversial he is. And I think he's just saying things to get like, you know, stir in the pot kind of thing. Yeah. Anyways, that's what he, uh, he said he saw, but it's just because it was like a, it's a baby sized coffin, like a small coffin that they like sacrifice, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, But what if there was a kid in there? Exactly. No one really, really knows. I mean, they, anything could be true. It's weird how secretive this club is. I'm surprised Alex Jones was even able to get in. But, how did he get in? So he said that he... Um, he was on the list, wasn't he? He was waiting no, for that. <laughs> years. He went as, <laughs> as a kid on that list. Um, <laughs> no, he said that he just, like, he followed some road and then went through like this swamp area and then climbed over this fence and then got on the truck where they were bringing members in and stuff and just kind of like infiltrated this group of people that were like part of the group but if he like crawled through a swamp and shit he'd be dirty as fuck like how'd you get on that group of people that have all this money and look nice looking like a damn (laughs) monster Mud Maybe he thought about that. He put some some baby wipes and a clean right. clothes <laughs> in a in a Ziploc bag so it didn't get wet. That's a big ass Ziploc bag. The yeah. biggest. <laughs> Talking like forty gallon bag. Okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I don't know. That's what he says he saw. There's video of it, and it's just one of those things. Okay. Um, really interesting. Rolling back to 1989, a journalist by the name of Phyllis, Phyllis, Philip Weiss, or Wise, um, entered into the Grove with the help of Mary Moore. Uh, he, she put him in contact with a mountain guide that kept his methods of entry a secret. So we don't know how they got in, but apparently it was just, I don't know, this mountain guide that knew how. Um, yeah, once in, he dressed the part, infiltrated a group. Um, he was there for seven days out of a 16-day encampment. Um, he was able to stint, attend speeches and songs. They had elaborate drag shows because there's all these men. So, you know, sometimes they... they, they <laughs> what? They just gotta see some women every now and again. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there was toast and something called pre-breakfast gin fizzes, which... I frankly wish I was a part of. That sounds fancy as hell. But I'm down. Is, I'm gonna join. <laughs> um, so yeah, the first Saturday that he got in, he attended the opening ceremony, um, and he wrote that a column of hood, hooded figures carrying torches emerged solemnly from the woods, a hundred yards away, bearing a corpse down to the water. Um, again like I don't know who this guy is or like what his credibility is I just know he's a journalist and stuff like that but it's creepy I mean you have more than one person saying they got in and saw like them making a sacrifice and I just think yeah um the opening ceremony is called the cremation of care by the way it's yeah it's weird it's supposed to be like the that's the one for the nature yeah, for the nature. Yeah, it was dumb. Okay. And that was actually the last thing that 
was of that Philip Weiss, his whole thing was really weird and hard to read because it was, it didn't have like a whole lot of information. It was really poetic in a way. Um, not poetic in a good way, just like it was oh. poetic, like reading it, like he was like used a lot of descriptive words, like to say how he was feeling, but not really any information onto what was going on. So it was just like, it was weird. I feel it was like yeah. th that probably makes it less credible. It's probably a just bit, using yeah. a bunch of filler words and shit just to take space, but also still write about something crazy and controversial. Get his exactly. name out there. Uh, basically, there was this history channel. Uh, it's called Brad Meltzer's Decoded. I don't know if you ever heard of it. No. Um, but there was a whole segment on the Bohemian Grove, and he had like two of his people uh, try to get in. Two, three. Three of his people tried to get in. And they brought along Alex Jones because he was like the only one they knew of that had actually been inside. Yeah. Um, and they went down this river uh, that kind of was on the side of the grove and the river is public so you can go down the river just once you get on land that becomes private property so they got to the edge of the grove and they tried to sneak in and uh they technically got in but then immediately they saw like guards and stuff and they were taken away and two of them were arrested and alex jones of course and one of the people got away so when they went to go pick up the two people that had gotten in uh, from the police station, it was really weird. They spent the whole episode talking about how controversial and weird and how much they wanted to know about it. And then when they got out of the police station, they were like, uh, they deserve their privacy. No big deal. Like, and I was uh, like, something <laughs> fucking happened. Like, that's weird as shit. Like, oh my I don't God. understand. So, it's like, <laughs> yeah. so that was really, really, really weird to me. That That's scary kind of what did they do to yeah, them in there exactly they literally <laughs> spent and i don't know maybe the whole show it was just you know more exciting to be like oh it's controversial just to let us down in the end but i was oh like the fuck is this so we don't really <laughs> yeah there's not much information onto what actually goes in there just a lot of speculation um but it's very interesting and a little scary to know that a lot of the deals and stuff that, you know, happens, happens behind closed doors at this two-week summer camp for fucking powerful For, for men. For men. <laughs> of all, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's really bizarre. The last thing I will say is that, uh, they say a lot of the decisions on who's going to be president are made there like who's running and who is gonna run and stuff like that is made there which makes you think it's weird because it's like what is this why kanye has never gotten very far in his campaign he hasn't been to the bohemian grove like he needs to go kanye he's listen. not gonna get in he's not <laughs> gonna get in <laughs> do you see a bunch of like these like weird powerful people wanting to listen to kanye I don't think they You like never him. know. I don't know them. You don't know them. They might like Kanye. Okay. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe you should write him a letter and be like, Kanye, you need to go here. He's <laughs> too much of a loose end. You're <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> they wouldn't tell him anything. <laughs> oh, God. 
Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a small amount on the Bohemian Grove. That's really weird. Yeah. So it's like it's like a real thing for sure, but we just don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, it's a real life. You know, I don't know if you call it a secret society or what you would call it. Um, I would call it a secret society. You know, yeah. it's not too much of a secret. Like everyone knows it's there, but. It's just no one knows what goes on, and you have to be invited and stuff like that. And we'll never be there, so. Right. It makes me want to go. I'm curious as fuck. <laughs> exactly. Thing. Hmm. Yeah. That is okay. weird. Well, what you got for us next, Taylor? Let's move on from presidents and political shit. What you got? Well, have you heard of the Jonestown Massacre? I've heard of it. Okay. I don't know much about it, so I'm excited to learn. Okay, so we've got Jim Jones here, and from a small child, he liked to preach, and he would hold, like, church sessions in his backyard for the neighborhood kids, and he was, everyone loved it because he was so charismatic, and he was good at it, oh, and then, <laughs> I know. He was like, I love this attention. I love that they love me like this. Okay. So he actually did that his whole life. He was like, I'm a preacher or a reverend or something. I don't know. And he actually founded his own temple in 1955, the People's Temple. And that's where things started to go south. He... (laughs) He started like staging like fake healings of sick people. He would like people that would have cancer, like legitimately have cancer and they weren't in on it. They would go up and he would be like, I'm going to take your cancer out. And they're like, okay. And so he used like sleight of hand, like a magician. He would have like animal organs in his hands and he'd be like, here's the tumor. You're cancer free. Ew! <laughs> God! I, <know. laughs> I didn't and know so, That's fucking nuts, though. Yeah, and so Ugh. that really added to his power because these people that weren't in on it, they were like, holy shit, that's my tumor, not knowing any better. So they were, yeah. they were believers. It made so many people believers. It's, it's bizarre. And then yeah. a lot of I don't really know the details of this very much, but I know that a lot of people did leave the temple um, with accusations of him being manipulative, using mind control and sex control and all this crazy shit. And people were like, I don't want to be a part of that. But I couldn't find a whole lot of information on that part. Okay. But I just think people are probably me. scared to talk, you know? And so. <clears throat> this is going on to like the fifth late mid 50s throughout the 60s okay yeah. I feel like this is important I could also couldn't find any like actual factual links to this but 60s mm-hmm. Vietnam people were pissed about Vietnam right, right? Mm-hmm. people wanted something good people wanted something to believe in and then there's this guy who he's preaching socialist ideals as well as christian stuff so they're like wow he's perfect like yes and so these these people are 
vulnerable to the sort of thing I think yeah no they're definitely just like desperate for anything better than their current situation I'm sure for sure yeah so this is going on for a while and then in the mid 70s is 1977 actually um he decided he was going to take like a thousand people and well whoever wanted to come it ended up being about a thousand to uh, Guyana South America and make his own city called Jonestown because he was clearly very Mm -hmm. creative right (laughs) (laughs) all about him (laughs) I told you so we've got Jonestown people are living there they live like off the grid it's like a commune um but shit wasn't good there um there's reports of Jim Jones having been on drugs and just having a bunch of addictions like the entire time so even taking away the fact that he was clearly insane like right add add the drugs onto that he's you don't know what he's gonna do all right so there's that and they're in Jonestown a lot of people aren't having a good time because they were being they were basically held captive but they thought they originally were there like at their own free will and Mm -hmm. so they didn't realize that they were being starved into submission and preached to I'm like if he would preach the same stuff all the time about how you know back in the states bad there you don't want to go back there you're here with me I love you well you hear that all the time every day your mind's not working right because you're hungry and you're hot they believe it after a while do they have do they have any contact with the outside or is it just like Okay, so they really well, don't know what's going on in the world around them. Right. Right? They have no idea. They have, they're on the news and everything, but they don't know it because their family members are worried about them. Right. Um, I think some of the like higher, higher up people were mm-hmm. allowed to have phones, but they didn't like, they didn't want to contact right. outside, you know? Right. They were brainwashed. I get it. Yes. And it, he would even hold these, um, he would call them white knights. Um, there would be a siren. He'd go over the speaker say, white knight, white knight. People would wake up and they would have to go to like the main building there. Um, okay. It was supposed to be like um, an extreme emergency call. Okay. okay. Like a natural disaster or something. Or here's what we got to do. It's a life or death situation. But most of them were fake, like just like like, practice like (laughs) yes either practice or I feel like a lot of it would be when he would I think I don't know if he's ever been diagnosed as a bipolar but I think he was so I think a lot of it a lot of those would have happened during his manic episodes you know can the drugs make that happen can drugs make you bipolar like can they no Okay, I didn't know I if that was so. like a drug-induced type of thing. They but. can definitely affect your, like, long-term thought process and all that, though. Okay, well, that makes sense, too, but gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And 
I thought it was really interesting that, well, he would preach for hours every single time. It could be like the middle of the night and he would just be preaching, just rambling. Okay. (laughs) So they were also lacking sleep. That's another control technique. Um, Make everyone zombies. Exactly. And there were even times that they rehearsed mass suicide. But like they rehearsed mass suicide. Yes. How do you rehearse that? Jim Jones would be like, here's the Kool-Aid. We gotta go now. And then everybody would drink it. And then he'd be like, You're alive. (laughs) Ha ha ha. (laughs) Wow. And it was it was a test of like their loyalty and their faith in him. Oh god. And they all fucking passed. I don't know. And then in 1978, um, people were really worried about the family members. So a congressman, um, some of the media, and certain family members came to the island just Mm -hmm. to check things out and be like, "Um, are you okay? Like, how are things going here? You can leave with us if you want. Right. but I don't know how, but they got warning of that that was going to happen. So Jim Jones made everybody rehearse what they were going to say, and he would pass or fail them. Oh, God. He, like, he would make sure they're saying, like, love it here. There's nothing bad here. Everybody's happy. I don't want to go back. No, oh, no. <laughs> Just... I know. God, it's bad. Okay. Yeah. And he actually called another white knight about this and he was trying to tell everybody like don't go back. Don't even talk to the family members if they're here. Like even if they're your family, like you don't want to see them. They want you to go back to that bullshit outside world over there. Uh uh, that's bad news. Like Mm. it's miserable in America right now. He would lie to them and say like they're building a concentration camps for black people and Women are losing their rights again. Jesus. Like, and I can only believe. imagine hearing this stuff without, <laughs> like, when you don't have contact with the outside world, it's hard not to believe something, especially yeah. if you're tired, if you're hungry. Do you True. think this man is fucking, like, godly? Like, Jesus Christ. Mm, yes. It's, it's scary. I don't like it. I'm glad I wasn't alive at this time. <laughs> <laughs> But there was a small group of people who were very open with each other about how they want to get the fuck out. They're like, we gotta go. So they they obviously knew that the congressman and all these people were coming. So they wrote a note. They wrote down their names. I think the note only consisted of their names and help us leave Jonestown. And he like snuck it to one of the people one of the outsiders yeah and that guy got it to the congressman and the congressman was like oh okay so people do want to leave let's let's get go out of here right go on get um and so as that was happening more people were coming forward about wanting to leave yeah which... i'm sure like leaving probably <laughs> sounds pretty good to them right but put it in perspective there were about a thousand people there 15 people wanted to leave. Okay. 15. <laughs> right. Okay. 
And so Jones had no choice but to be like, okay, you can go. Goodbye. However, he sent he sent out a an infiltrator that wanted to leave. Okay. Wanted to leave. Okay. So he was okay. with them. All right. They were all getting on the plane. Well, no, not yet. Actually, I'm sorry. Um, they actually before they left, the plane was far away from them. They had to drive a truck to informant. But before the truck left to the plane, they tried to take down the congressman. They tried to kill oh, him, shit. but they failed. And okay, so the congressman good. was like, all right, we got it. We got to go on get. Let's go. We got to go. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Was it just yeah. one infiltrator among the group of people leaving that you know of? That I know of. Okay. But it was also Jim Jones's people that were driving them back to the plane. Oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. Scary. And so, <laughs> yes. So these people were wanting to leave. They were leaving and Jones was losing control, which was his whole thing. He just wanted right. control and he couldn't handle not losing it. So what does he do? He orders um, the people by the plane to shoot everybody. Mm. That's why we got that infiltrator. In the they have guns. No! They, they told everybody that they didn't. They told the outside world there were no guns. It's not allowed. We're not violent. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Jesus. need for that. <laughs> oh, God. As soon as they lose control, he's like, fire! <laughs> and just like, oh, okay. 15 people <sighs> wanted to go. So Unstable man extremely um and at that same time is when he put out the order the actual order oh. it is time to drink oh. it's yeah it was like a mix of cyanide and sedatives so this is simultaneously happening i believe as far as how i understood it um they they attacked the people that wanted to leave um I think five of those people died, including the congressman. Oh, the congressman uh, did leave, or did die? He got shot, yeah. Oh, no. He was just I trying know. to help those poor I people. I know! <laughs> it was pretty messed up. And some of the family members and some of the people that were trying to leave died. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, so that happened, and then he... He did, but he didn't tell the people, like his people that wanted to stay yet, that they were dead. So he was like, look, guys, this is about to get bad. That man thinks that this is a bad place. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of people from the U.S. are going to come here and do terrible things. They're going to take your kids away. Which is a we lie. As, it's a huge lie. I mean, well. I would hope they took the kids away at least. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, he's, yeah. he's definitely yeah. using that as a scare tactic, you know? Absolutely. He's like, this is all over. Like, they might kill us. We don't know what's going to happen, but we might as well just go ourselves. Right. And then there are reports that they started with the babies syringing the Kool-Aid cyanide mixture into their mouths. 
Oh no. <sighs> yes. Um quote. They're not crying from the pain. It's just a little little bitter tasting. There's a, he was preaching this whole time and there's a recording of it. You can listen to it online and it is Scary. sad. I don't know if I could listen to that. That I didn't listen to the whole thing. (laughs) That would hurt my heart. Yes, you hear these people dying in the background, and you hear him saying, it's okay. It's better than what's on the other side. We shouldn't be crying leaving this world. We should be crying um, coming into this world, somebody said. Oh, my God. Yes. And so the children and people that were hesitant were being force-fed this stuff or shot or injected with the stuff and the whole time Jim's just encouraging people he's like it's not my choice it's just what we have to do um what the government would do would be way worse than death um oh no god (laughs) so while this is happening there was a mother and her two young kids and one adult daughter. They were at like the temple headquarters. Um, So they weren't there. They didn't have any of the stuff with them. So the mom, she, how graphic should I be? (laughs) Graphic as you need to be to get the message across. She slashed the throats of the two young children because everybody had to die. And I thought you were going to say she like got away or something, but she, no she didn't want to get away she was part of the mission oh no she slashed their throats and then her and her adult daughter simultaneously slashed each other's throats isn't that like how (laughs) yeah jesus christ so like if one of them had hesitated then it would just be like I just yeah that. that'd be awkward not that these are like, good people anyways oh. but like the fuck right. um so some people like did escape in the jungle and that's mm-hmm. how we know a lot of these details and some people hid like under beds and stuff mm-hmm. so they would survive but including the people on the plane there were 918 casualties oh yes. my god so basically almost all of them jesus yeah 304 of them were children and these are also i can't believe one third of the entire group of people that were there were fucking kids that their parents like brought well they probably didn't bring them not all of them a lot of them were born there oh so it had okay i get you because they'd been here for a couple of years that makes sense okay and Jim Jones himself, he couldn't drink it. He was looking at the agony these people were going through. So he decided he needed to be shot in the head, but he couldn't even do that himself either. He had to have somebody else shoot him in the head because he was too much of a fucking pussy. Ugh, God. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. At least it didn't, well, okay. I'm not gonna, yeah, eh, that's bad. Bad, bad, bad. I don't know. I have strong oh, like, I mean, about that fact. 
<laughs> I get it. I just feel like <laughs> I don't want to say like someone else got the satisfaction of like ending Jones because it was someone who was also like he was doing drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, right. that's where but, that term comes from. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty drinking sure. Drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah. Just from that. I'm pretty sure. I'm learning so much tonight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter that I didn't know what the Manhattan Project was. <laughs> oh, God. But oh. no, and there's pictures of, like, everybody just, like, in piles, and it's just so, like, heart-wrenching, and it's, I don't know, I just think it's crazy, and a lot of those, well, I think, no, like, everybody that went there had to think that they were going there for something good, for something pure. Yeah, so that, one of the things that I'm going to be talking about later, like, one of the lines, um, is that no one goes into a cult. Like, no one joins a cult, knowing it's a cult. Like, they always join right. a good thing. And so, yeah, it's, it's always yeah. something, it's never what it's seen, or it's, you know, it's just right. different than what it starts out to be. I gotcha. I just think it's so sad. That is sad. It sucks. There's that many people that are just like, you know, so brainwashed and what can you do? You can't, it's really hard to unbrainwash someone after they just like, all their life values are now like, (laughs) exactly. He he was also a self-proclaimed prophet. So that's another reason that they listened to him so openly. Right. It's crazy. I mean, people are just weird, you know? They'll believe anything if it means that there's something maybe better for them on the other side. You know what I mean? They're sometimes. I'm not saying everyone's that gullible, but... And maybe it's not even about being gullible. It's just, like, having the right things said to you. You know what I mean? Right. And I just think it was a perfect storm because so many people, specifically Mm. at that time, were so anti-government because of Vietnam. They were, it was a very controversial time. And also racism. It was the 60s. It was the 70s. So they have this person saying to them, like, I love everybody. We all love each other. And we all want to be socialists. We're not going to be anything like this. It's going to be fucking heaven over here in Guyana. Like, There's just all these strings attached that no one really understood. It's just so, it it doesn't make sense, but it does. Like, it just makes sense how people can can happen. Exactly. Like, and it's happened time and time again, obviously, like, you know, you can go to fucking Google and look up cults and you get all of these, like, so just many. things. And no one, like we said, it doesn't start out that way. It just becomes something really bad, mm-hmm. you know? But I feel like they're usually started by some bad person. Yeah, who's just, like, I mean. convincing them that it's a good thing. Because he was not a good that's person. That's a good point. Yeah, no, that's that's a very good point. It's always started that, yeah. I think he was also, like, violent and, like, raping people on the island, too. Is it an island? I don't know if it's an island, but I'm in Jonestown. Right. That was happening, too. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't see, you know, and, 
I mean, these people might not have even thought about it as being like this violent thing that was happening to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that's, I feel like, you know, anything that happened there was just like. They were probably like, this is supposed to happen. Exactly. My bad. My heart's breaking Bye. for all these people. Mm. It sucks they died thinking they were like dying for a good cause too. Yeah. We all know the truth today. But right. They thought like people were putting this poison in their own kids' mouths thinking that it was doing what they needed to do to protect their kids. Right. They didn't want them seeing this bad, bad world that was on the outside. <sighs> Crazy. Good story, though. Good job. That was uh, super interesting. All right. My next story, which what is you a crazy long one, is, uh, do you, have you ever heard of DOS? No. It's a more recent one, which is kind of um, interesting. Ooh. It all came, I'll tell you this, it all came crumbling down, I think, in 2017. So that's how recent it is. That's um, very recent. Uh, okay, so... Have you ever heard of a company called Nexium? N-X-I-V-M. Why it's a V? I don't know, but... No, I was thinking of Nexium like the pill. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that, but yeah. So, it's funny when I was first like looking this up and stuff. I was. I'm glad I watched that uh, show called The Vow. It's all about this because I didn't know it's pronounced Nexium, and I was just, I thought it was a bunch of no Roman numerals, so I was like, N-X-I-V-N, every time. <laughs> You're like, dumb. Four. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, so to start out, Nexium uh, was branded as a multi-level marketing company um, that sold people on the opportunity to change their lives and create their own joy, right? So it was just like, this really nice program that people could get into and it was just supposed to change everything about them and it was really supposed to be a good thing great right it always starts out that way mlms are never good though so it it wasn't like outwardly an mlm right it wasn't like that's not how it seemed or like how it was set up okay. it was it was just it was like low key, one of those sort of things. Yeah. Then okay. you'll see more like, I'll try to get into a little bit of how it was an MLM without getting like super deep, you know, into it, but we'll see. Okay. Um, they use large group awareness training, which is just like active activities and big large groups that were um, there to like increase self awareness and bring about like desirable transformations. Uh, into people's lives. It was a recruiting platform for a secret society known as DOS. So that's like the segue into what DOS was, um, which okay. is technically like, it's all bad, but DOS was like the main bad thing. Um, it was founded by a guy named Keith Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra? Rhaenyra? Rhaenyra. Um, do you, have you ever heard of him? No. Anything about him? Okay. Founded by Keith Raniere and uh, Nancy Salzman was a co-founder. There was a couple other co-founders that are less important, but uh, those are the two main people. Um, it was like 
commercials and stuff with Nancy Salzman, like, explaining all this, like, good stuff. She just sounded like a psychiatrist on steroids. Like, it was not so. Oh, um, <laughs> I want to say first, before I get too into it, Keith Raniere was actually uh, part of, oh, he ran a company called Consumers Byline Incorporated, um, and it was like a company that offered discounts to members on groceries and other products, and it was investigated as a pyramid scheme, and that was in 1990, uh, in the 90s, right? And so in 1996, he signed a consent form denying any wrongdoing, but he paid a $40, $40. <laughs> <laughs> $40,000 fine and he was a per he had a permanent ban from any promoting offering or granting participation in a chain distribution scheme so anything that was like a pyramid scheme or multi-level marketing because <laughs> that's the same fucking thing yeah um, that's what it is then two years later that was in 1996 two years later in 1998 was when he founded this new company called Nexium, right? Okay. So I just, I think it, that's just a funny thing because he was obviously, he was banned from doing this thing because it was obviously bad. And then he was like, let's do this instead. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. Well, not the same thing, but it was like, you know, still. No, I get you. Yeah. Um, so in this program, Obviously, he offered a range of success programs and techniques for self-improvement. It's basically, basically like shitty life coaching that people paid a lot of money for. Um, and he referred to himself as Vanguard and Salzman, Nancy Salzman was prefect. Vanguard, um, it comes from a video game where... I guess the destruction of one's enemies increases one's power. That's like what the meaning of vanguard is. And so <laughs> oh. he was the vanguard and Salzman was a prefect. Um, very weird. But I think it's like very uh, equal to the whole like pro self-proclaimed prophet type of thing. Yeah. Uh, just a different name. He's um, vanguard. Yeah. So by 2003... 3,700 people had taken part in the, these classes. Um, notably, Enron executive Stephen Cooper and Seagram, the liquor, heiresses Claire and Sarah Bronfman, daughters to Edgar Bronfman Sr. So all these, this whole thing was run by a bunch of people that Raniere kind of controlled. Um, like it started out probably small you know, like these little conference rooms with people and he would preach or Nancy would preach. He wouldn't really be as present as like Nancy Salzman. Um, but they would basically, you know, speak to these people and these people would be super into it. And then they would recruit these people to be like leaders and then they would have their own meetings and lead their own meetings. So Raniere didn't really have to do anything, right? He would, yeah. Basically, he would show up here and there to, like, show his face, and, like, he would talk to people and, you know, whatever, and he was weirdly, like, present at night. He really liked volleyball, so he had a lot of group 
things at volleyball and you play volleyball with people and then just like talk about life and like how their lives could be better and this and that and it was really weird um the ross institute they were one of the first ones to go after nexium um i'm not sure what year this was exactly but they were the first ones to like go after them because they could clearly say that it was a weird thing and they got yeah. one of the manuals from a former member and then a psychiatrist at the ross institute his assessment um on it was like that it was basically a bunch of psycho psychos just like saying stuff that appealed to people and it was like a cult-like thing um the nexium sued ross for copyright infringement because they like posted the manual and stuff and these were supposed to be like secret practices like their own like how people should run their programs um two suits were filed and both were thrown out based on the assessment being ruled as criticism and not a replacement for the original on the market so but that did not stop nexium from they continually went after these people like and they tried to use blackmail and all kinds of things it was just really bad that was pretty much a common thing among people who left Nexium. Uh, these are just some of the dates that I have that were like notable things happened. Because um, after this, a lot of it doesn't have dates matched to it. They happened kind of at different times throughout the thing. But in 2003, Forbes published an article referring to Nexium as a cult. And Edgar Bronfman Sr., the dad to those two daughters, uh, was worried about his the emotional and financial investment made by his daughters, they opened up like a, I don't know, like a $2 million credit line for this company, um, just for, just because they were members and they were brainwashed themselves and gave them all this money just to do whatever they needed to do with. And so Ooh. that was bad. Um, oh, that was in 2006 that they took the, out the $2 million credit line. Uh, that was repayable through personal training sessions and phone calls consultations with salesmen so the daughters gave them two million dollars for like free therapy i guess <laughs> and like i mean therapy is yeah. expensive that's true but it's not good <laughs> therapy it's not like you know what i mean not real like, therapy exactly and many yeah. of the ventures they were advi advised on eventually ended up failing anyways and so Clearly, they weren't getting, like, good advice or, yeah, it was bad. Um, the daughters were also being used uh, for their higher contacts to go after former members. Um, that was how Nexium, like, got their lawyers and all kinds of things to go after these members that were saying bad things about Nexium. Um, and now we get into some of the members. Uh, do you know who Allison Mack is? No. The name of it. Apparently she's some act like kid actress and she was like really I don't know what at things she acted in or whatever, but um she had a super unhealthy relationship with Renere. She looked at him like he was a god. Like she was like she was like his right hand woman, basically, next to Salzman. Allison Mack was one of the ones that was there till the very end. Uh, she's actually in jail right now for, I think she got three or four years, maybe. Um, and you'll see why, because she was very notably present for a lot of stuff. Um, 
but yeah, she had a really unhealthy relationship with Rhaenyra. Uh, she was super sick and super skinny. She was calorie counting because that was one of the things that the group taught you to do because it was one of those things that you could control about yourself. And really, I think it was just the group trying to control them and make them hungry. Like you said in your last story, yeah. they were using starvation as like a type of control, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thing. But um, she was the head of this pyramid of women. women. So that's where it kind of gets into like a pyramid scheme kind of because there was like her at the top and she had like five women that she would recruit. And these women would refer to her as master right and they had to be at her beck and call whenever she texted them they had to be there they always had to like check in she would send them a question mark and they would i forget what the i think they had to reply back rm which meant ready master it was Stop. really fucking weird yeah it was bad like it's it's awful and uh so these these women would now recruit their own five women who would do the same for them and it would just go down like that so it was just like this pyramid of women and it gets worse it gets so much worse and they're all calorie counting they're all doing all these things they're giving themselves self-punishments uh whenever they don't like complete a goal that they set for themselves or if they ever like go off their path and things like that like it's pretty disgusting what kind of punishment like they would make themselves sleep on the floor or they would oh. not eat for the day or like have to run like three miles like it was like physical things and it was yeah it's just it wasn't good for them though because they were like constantly doing this you know and they weren't eating so running three miles after not having a meal for like two days is no not thing. a good thing they would also have to ask their master if it was okay to eat stuff like they would be like oh is, master is it okay if i eat 200 calories master is it okay if i do this and that it was just gross um the last thing i'll say about allison mack was well it's not really about her per se but and you'll i think i talk about this later too but eventually like some of the people that left after they found out how fucked up this whole pyramid of women was what they found out that Rhaenyra was actually at the top like behind everything like Alice and Matt called Rhaenyra her master um and that was like he was at the very very top actually you know uh, what's the word he was just making all this happen he was Question. kind of facilitating all this what was there also a guy section that had to ask if they could eat and had so, masters and stuff? No. Not exactly. Fuckers. There was, so, right. <laughs> there was a bunch of little groups um, within the company. Like, once it got really, there was, like, a bunch of centers open by members, and there was all these different, like, these sashes that they had to wear, depending on what level they were. And it, once you were a certain level, like, you were running these centers. And one of the... Um, groups for men in this uh whole company was called sop which is the society of protectors and that was the whole men's group and it was like no, supposed to be them. about like masculinity and like <laughs> it's okay to cry but also you're masculine and stuff like that so 
some of the things they had like that was the thing it's like a lot of this had good intentions like the society protectors was all about like you know like men it's okay to you know have feelings and emotions and you're also masculine so like that's a good you know idea but then like the way they went about yeah the way they went about it and stuff ended up being very toxic and (laughs) it's a very cult-like behavior um so we're moving on to another former member called sarah edmondson she was one of the main ones that the um documentary that i watched she was one of the main ones talking uh one of the main ones that got this thing shut down um but she was very involved in the beginning and it wasn't like she was just very brainwashed like as a lot of people were um that it was a good thing and that she it was changing her life like most people that went through this company like their lives just got a hundred times better they just felt better about themselves that kind of thing um at the beginning um and she was recruited into the company by a man called Mike Vicente. He was another guy in the documentary that left. Um, Sarah Edmondson was like one of the, I don't know if she was one of the first ones that left. There was a couple other people that left before her, but she was one of the main ones that like was outwardly like displeased with this whole thing. Um, She lived in Vancouver and she helped start a chapter there. she got very close to a woman by the name of Lauren Sal. I wonder why her last name was Salzman too. Her name was Lauren Salzman, hmm. uh, which is weird because that the lady's Nancy Salzman. I don't. Yeah. They never said they were related. I don't think. Not that I remember. But yeah, she got very close to Lauren Salzman, best friends. Um, Lauren Salzman had already been a member before Sarah, so. Sarah looked up to her a lot. Uh, She thought she was really, like, had her head on straight. She was going places. She was really cool. She taught all these workshops. Um, She had joined about a decade prior in, like, 2007. Um, Oh, so, okay, Salzman was Sarah's um, master, right? She recruited Sarah into this group, not knowing that it was, like, Sarah didn't know it was bad, you know, she thought it was weird, the whole master thing, but she just thought it was part of the process, part of the thing, like, I guess she questioned it, but she just went along with it at first, right, and so, um, Salzman had expressed to Sarah that she had something very exciting to share, and that's when she recruited Sarah into this group, and it was top secret, no one was to know about it, um, first red flag I would say if anything secret like that yeah uh second red flag was that Sarah had to give Salzman collateral in order to join collateral being like nude photos and (sighs) some information that if it were to get out it would ruin Sarah's life um and this was collateral this wasn't just like a one-time thing like collateral was expected to be given whenever they asked for it so really Salzman I think was right under Allison Mack um and all this collateral was just getting funneled up to the top which means Raniere was the one that was controlling all this collateral even though yeah. he told multiple people that he wasn't involved but he was definitely involved <laughs> um 
this was they were told they had to do the collateral thing because they had to like overcome fears that were common among women and it was just it was all about submission <laughs> and obedience and it was really weird um so this is <laughs> this is third red flag of this pyramid of women uh sarah was taken to salzman's house uh where she was put into a room and she was blindfolded um and she the other room in that the other room in <laughs> the other <laughs> the other women that were recruited uh under salzman were all there with her they were all naked she took off her blindfold and she too was naked like all her clothes had been taken um and then all these naked women were taken to Allison Matt's house for branding. They Aww. all got, yes, they had a <laughs> doctor who was somehow compliant in this. And was it the actual doctor? Like a medical mm -hmm. doctor? Had a, it was a, was it, uh, I have what kind of doctor she was. What do you, what's, doesn't sound dumb, but what's a bone doctor called? Orthopedist? What's the os- there's like an osteo one or something. You're thinking of like osteoporiasis. That's a disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways, it was a doctor- Orthopedist. It would probably, I don't have it written down like I thought I did. Maybe I have it later or something, but it was probably just, yeah. It was someone who had a you medical degree. You don't mean a degree. chiropractor, do you? No, I don't. No. Okay. They had an actual medical degree. Like, they went to okay. medical school and stuff. But there was a brand made by Raniere and Allison Mack, and it was with a cottering device etched into these women's right by their vagina. Um, of course. What yes. was it? Um, it, this is so bad. I'm sorry. Say it, it just, please. <laughs> it's so bad. They didn't know this at first, and I don't think they were told what it was, but you could tell, um, they found out that it was a combination of, uh, Raniere's initials and Alex, Alice and Max initials together onto a little brand. So it wow. looked like, yeah, it was... And oh, <sighs> I don't have a picture of this or anything, but they do have pictures on like the, uh, one of the articles I read from the New York Times, they had a picture of the brand and you can see where the initials are and they showed it in the documentary, it's bad. Um, uh. They were sitting on a table for like 20 to 30 minutes. There were no anesthetic. So they were just screaming, writhing in pain. There was like burnt flesh, smell everywhere. It was gross. Mm. Um, and all the charges brought against the doctors were dismissed, stating she was not acting as Edmondson's doctor at, when the branding happened, which doesn't seem to make sense. But because she wasn't acting as her doctor. So she still doesn't get like assault charges or anything? She doesn't get any charges. No charges on the doctors were brought. Um, okay, so just go get your md you could do whatever the fuck you want as long as you're not saying you're acting like a doctor apparently and this was so recent too this is like within the last five years that's what just fucking Ugh. or the last 10 years this just blows my mind just 
little side note, this doesn't really, there's not much um, about this, but there was another affiliated physician that had reportedly ran an experiment on women where they showed graphically violent film clips while a brainwave mechanism and video camera uh, recorded their actions. And he was also not charged with anything, even though that's a really fucked up thing to do. I guess it's yeah. just... What I guess would that crime be though? <laughs> I don't know, but it was fucked up. It's just because I he was like an actual physician, and so I don't know. Very weird. I don't know what the experiments were for either. So I'm like, uh. Uh-uh. Oh, um, oh yeah, the state medical regulators declined to act on this complaint uh, because there was no medical misconduct, and that was exactly what we're saying. Like, what's the crime? It's just super duper fucked up um i mean if he was doing experiments on people who didn't consent to having experiments done on them most likely they consented because they were all fucking like brainwashed into thinking they were doing something (laughs) for good technicalities technicalities okay we're just gonna the last person that i'm gonna talk about which is pretty much going to wrap up this whole fucked up thing um her name is India Oxenberg. Uh, her mother is Kath- Catherine Oxenberg. Uh, and weirdly enough, I just think this is a fun fact. Her her mom, Catherine's mom, is a princess because um, there used to be a, like a monarchy of I think it was Czechoslovakia, and they're no longer a monarchy, but um, they were part of the royal family. So that's oh, a fun that's fact. Fun. Weird. Yeah. I like um, it. But yeah, her, Catherine's daughter, India, um, was one of the women that was recruited into this pyramid, and she was really, really brainwashed. Like, she thought it was all good. She was getting really skinny, doing the calorie counting thing, getting really sick. Um, she didn't want to believe anything that, like, Sarah and, uh, there was this other girl named Bonnie that was in the, um, documentary, that they had all been involved in like this pyramid and she didn't want to believe anything was wrong with it right so she was just involved this whole time like all these complaints are coming out and stuff um she was super emaciated and she had told her mom she hadn't had a period in like a year and her hair was falling out yet she didn't see anything wrong with it oh they really got into (laughs) these girls heads and it's really it's really sad um that is so she basically just said it was like it was all character building she was like i'm building you know myself up like these are all things that have to happen to be a better me whatever um basically it came out that uh she was sexually involved with Renire, um and that was something that all these girls in this pyramid were getting groomed for basically was like having sex with Rhaenyra was part of it was all was part that of like it. the like, end game yeah I I believe that's that's what he wanted right he just uh-huh. wanted to have control over all these people and he had all these different groups like the society protectors for men that was just a way to like I feel like keep them busy so they were doing <laughs> something while he just had sex with all these women he just he oh just my God. wanted to control everybody. Um, 
I was just watching like the last part of the documentary where I don't ex- I don't know exactly what happened. I know Rainier is in jail now. I'm pretty sure he has a life sentence, so I'm pretty sure he'll be in jail for the rest of his life. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what was said in the article um, that I was reading. But yeah, that's the story of Nexium and John Rainiere and Nancy Salzman, who was also in jail. I don't think she got as much of a um, a sentence as he did, although she was very much involved. Like she was, I don't, I don't know what her role in was like. Maybe she didn't know. Like no, no, that she had to have known. She had to have known because she was like at the top, top of the company. Um, yeah. Yeah, I urge everyone to watch the documentary, The Vow. It's on HBO Max, a little free sponsor. (laughs) But um, but yeah, I would urge everyone to watch it because there's a lot that I didn't talk about and there's a lot more stuff that's really messed up. Um, And you can see how he just like whittled away at these people and got into their heads and just like, at the beginning you can be like okay like this guy like sounds like someone that knows what he's talking about like maybe he has some good ideas but then you just realize that it's all very manipulative and he definitely is just you know yeah it's bad 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 news bears bad news bears very bad news bears that's it uh well that was kind of a downer episode. <laughs> Very sad On a stuff. I know. I think we could take some things away from this. You know, like, it could be so easy to just, like, I don't know. I don't know. You to get sucked like, into a cult? Like, be weary or, of things that seem too good to be true. <laughs> That's all yes, I'm saying. there we go. The life lessons from Casey and Taylor. Don't join yes. a cult. <laughs> don't join a cult. Please. Keep your guard up. For God's sake. If anyone tells you to start counting your calories, like, eat a hamburger. Like, don't oh count your calories. <laughs> don't, go but... <laughs> don't go to Guyana. For Guyana. some profit. Mm-mm. No. Only for... Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know what to say to wrap this up. Uh, it was fun talking about cults, but... We hope we didn't down you too much, down your mood too much. Stay happy, guys. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I thought you were freezing again. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, they, like, stopped for a second and you kept going. Oh. Good. Oh, it was interesting nonetheless. I had fun. We learned some things. We hope you learned some things, too. Hope you had fun. And we will see you next time. <laughs>